Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Mafia cast. We are back at it, and we've got all of us here. We've got the whole crew with us today, thank goodness. Um, still a little butthurt that you two left me last week, but that's fine. I left hey, we left you in good company. We, we yeah, did. You had great company. With us last week. Uh, if you missed last week's show, check it out. We had a great conversation with Aaron Schatz with the DVOA statistic, how he came up with that, what exactly it is. I just kind of talked some Bill's uh, off-season news. Um, but, of course, before we get into that, uh, let's hear from uh, our sponsors at Game On Sports. Hey, it's John from Game On Sports Memorabilia. Check out our huge selection of unopened wax boxes of Pokemon cards. You have to see our selection of over 2 million sports cards in stock, plus hard-to-find card supplies. And if you have anything to sell, bring it in. We can help you determine the true value before you sell it. We pay fair market value every day. It's Game On Sports Memorabilia, 2670 Dewey Avenue in Greece. Check out our podcast for news and information on the card and collectible universe. Also, check out our Facebook page. For more, call 481-2153. That's 481 and that was game on sports that's john hey how are you i mean okay first of all let's go to to uh, casey covid how are you doing today are, are, are we better are you okay now I'm, I'm much better than i was i mean mike mike saw me at my lowest and it was it was rough i mean i this was the second time i'd had it and it was way worse than the first time. You know, first time it was kind of just one of those head colds. You know, just kind of down and out for a couple of days. This time, like I, like I, I still can't taste. Um, I'm just, can sort of smell things a little bit. Um, I smelled my dog's terrible breath the other day, so that I was kind of excited. There you go. But um, I Wednesday was the first. Yesterday was the first day that I was like. I walked into work and I looked at my buddy Jake and I was like, I actually feel like myself. Like I, I feel like I have energy. I mean, I went to work Monday and Tuesday and I was, I felt like I was falling asleep and I'm a truck driver. So that's like rule number one of not to do. So yeah, it does not mix. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm a lot better and I'm very happy definitely sound that. a lot better. Yeah. yeah. I, that's something which is good because because be we got plans this weekend too. Yeah. Hey man, we we're gonna need John to up that sponsorship. If we're gonna fix this ugly mug. That's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, how you doing? What's been going on with you? Uh, what 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 were you doing last week that was so important that you had to skip? Oh, time? so so Sarah and I, Casey's sister, have been together eleven years now, and it's our anniversary on the fifteenth. We technically, I guess, got together the day after Valentine's Day, or it's something like that. So. Every year we have reservations. It happened to be on a Thursday this year, and you know the reservation gets made, and that's how it always is. But we uh, we had good steaks, excellent dinner, and dessert. And I, I overate once again, and we had a good time. Uh, we, we eat out 
we we go out to the fancy joint like once twice a year uh and, and splurge a little so it's always fun when when we could do that so yeah, yeah. and it's it's tough i didn't want to miss that one either because it was cool having aaron on the show and stuff uh for chatting sure. on uh getting more depth in in what he does too so that was that was really cool i actually just i i've watched the show over uh over a couple times but i i just watched it over again earlier today so <laughs> so i, I got it too much you know mike i did not you've been in my life for 11 years yeah. i didn't know that was your anniversary yeah so that's my that's, like that's we're my dad we're not married no but- we're all still waiting on that one the whole you know ring thing but yeah (laughs) (laughs) my sister's downstairs screaming tell them guys tell them right now we're all waiting patiently (laughs) so you got some supporters babe so all right we need to start we need to start a bet who gets a ring first my sister or josh allen i don't like bets in you (laughs) lately I actually kind of like that one. <laughs> Speaking of which, I still got a little purple in here for anybody who's curious. There's still in in the light. If I got, when I saw you camera, when the if he was in good sunlight. I mean, I was like, your hair is purple, man. It was yeah, it was definitely dyed, and your I, and your scalp was totally purple too. <laughs> yeah, that's better. That I'm thankful for because that that was. I mean, I understand well, that you're a person. Out. I, I got it. Was supposed to be pink. For all those who that's, don't know, it's supposed to be pink. But, I know. You know, it came out a different color. Well, Spence I, said it was good enough, and I. Yeah. If you've seen him in person, I, it was. It was. I, the second he said we're good, I ran. I was. I, I was. <laughs> I was taking that and going with it. All right. Let's. Uh. Well, before we kind of let's get see. into some things, we have some announcements. Some really something really cool coming up. I'll let uh, Mike kind of. Tell everybody about this. This is exciting news. Um, something that we've been working on with our sponsors at Game on Sports and and, and John and his uh, his store. So go ahead, Mike. What what, what do we got going yeah, on? Yeah. So uh, so John's hooking us up with uh, we have a Josh Allen uh, rookie card, twenty eighteen uh, from Panini, and it's uh, we're doing a giveaway. Uh, partnering up with john and we're announcing the winner next week's show so we have a week to sign up um and what you do is you follow both game on sports and the mafia cast on facebook um tag three friends in the comment it's easy if you get on facebook uh go to either of our pages you'll see the original post tag three friends in the comments like the post and make sure you follow both accounts and you're entered to win we'll have john on the show next week on thursday and we'll announce the winner so good luck to everyone um i got a graphic here i forgot to upload but i'll try to get that up give you guys (laughs) a visual too um so you could see uh see everything we're we're working with here so give me a a little minute on that and uh (laughs) we we can update you with the visual stuff but that that's basically what's what's going on uh it's pretty cool it's a 50 dollars value card and uh uh, it's, it's just pretty john's always got something cool over there at the store uh, yeah, we were just yeah, there uh, a couple, was it two weeks ago now? Last week? I don't know. A couple like that. weeks, yeah. Three. <laughs> three, I believe. Mean, it's it's, it's been a busy couple hey, weeks for me, man. I, I I'll but, yeah, just throw this in there, too. Make sure, make sure you're, you, you comment on the pages because that's the only way we yes. can verify um, that you've entered because we need to, you know, obviously confirm that you're on the, the Facebook pages and following those. Uh, the last time we did something like this, um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of comments, so we couldn't. We had a hard time verifying if you're actually following the page because Facebook is kind of weird uh, when it comes to showing you who else is following. But at any rate, uh, if you if you like or if you follow the pages now, then that's going to automatically set you up down the road because this isn't going to be the only one we're going to do. We're going to keep doing this kind of thing. Uh, we're really excited about 2024 and uh, some of the things that we've got going on. So, but before we or there's that. And let's go ahead and, and kind of move into what we want to talk about. We're going to start with the safeties because we've already got some comments in here about the safety position. Um, and Nicholas, get rid of Hyde. Keep Poyer. Pair him with Douglas. Uh, Rasul, I'm assuming he means Rasul Douglas, but that's a corner. And for the love of God, give Hamlin to someone else. Let the kid play already. Um, yeah. I'm kind of torn on Micah Hyde, honestly. I, I know that he had by his standards a down year maybe the age is catching up with him i think it's more the injuries uh from the neck but 
what do you guys think as far as would you be welcome back a Poyer and Hyde duo back there or are you kind of ready to let's get younger let's let's look for some new blood and and kind of rebuild that secondary I'll I'll always welcome them to safety for the Bills uh no matter what um I mean the the Bills are definitely in in need of safety's uh depth and uh so I, so I'd say both you know it's I would welcome them back but it's also time to to get some younger talent in there and uh, not just at the safety position either. I think across the board, the bills yeah. um, with the cap situation, are going to have some, have to get some younger talent in there across the board and uh, see what some younger players can do. I think these guys have one more year in them um, as a duo. I, I really, I genuinely do. I mean, I think like you pop around, I think last year we can attribute more to Hyde's down year to, to the injuries. Uh, I mean, he came off a neck injury from the year before and then had a stinger, you know, a, a neck stinger. I mean, that like that's he's going to play it safe and the team's going to play it safe. I mean, that we all know the neck is something you don't mess with. And football is yeah. too physical of a sport where if you can't go 100 percent, that's how you're going to get hurt. That's why teams make subs if, you know, they're up big or down big in the fourth quarter, because you can't send the starters out there and say, hey, go half ass. You had you have to go a hundred percent. That was something that was engraved in us, like you know, from our coaches playing modified. You have to go a hundred percent, otherwise you're going to get hurt. So I think he just wasn't a hundred percent. I think he just didn't necessarily trust it. Might have played it a little safe uh, towards, but I think it'd be it'd be a good idea to. I hope they come back this year because of the cap space. Because I think Micah Hyde would come back on a relatively cheaper deal. Um, and that's the best bang for your buck at that point. I would rather rely on him on one last hoorah and line him up with Poyer so they can, like, because Poyer's contract and expires next year. So I'd like to see them go off together. I don't together. think they'll go – yeah, I don't think they'll go one and one, um, and I surely don't want them to. Uh, but I wouldn't mind, like, you know, taking the guys. We have a couple extra picks in, you know, the third round and the fourth round this year. I think we have, like, 17 six-round picks this year, you know. Take, you know, <laughs> take package two of them and trade up in the fifth or something and go get, you know, a decent safety that you can be like, okay, like Bernard, sit him this year, expect, let him learn behind two legends who are, have done have played fantastic throughout their entire year and their entire careers, in Buffalo anyway, and – let them learn. And then next year we have guys waiting in the wings while we have more cap space to attack other positions instead of having to try to buy a safety next year or mess with the cap this year and have to go out and spend a little bit more than it would cost for us to maintain Micah Hyde. Yeah. I checking out this pod track. Um, they have Micah Hyde's uh, calculated market value at 3.7 million. And Anybody that's you know kind of follows Spot Track and pays attention or hears some of the things that we say, Spot Track is generally high on their market value estimations. So I think that's a contract that Buffalo could do a one-year deal and afford, maybe do some incentives with it. But I do think, and I've been saying this uh, in a lot of my writings because I've been covering you know a lot of the the pending free agents we have, and and the draft and stuff. I think we're at the point with the Bills where they need to start focusing on rebuilding the defense. And well, not necessarily rebuild it because we have a good foundation, I think, with guys like Christian Benford, uh, Rasul Douglas, who's under contract for another year. I, I have a feeling Kyer Elam might surprise some people next year uh, with the injury, uh, being healthy from that, a new uh, corners coach that sounds more like more likely to work with. I I don't know all the situation with Elam in the previous one, but from some of the comments that Elam was making, the post, post-game stuff in the playoffs, it didn't sound like the two were, were working too well together. I don't know all the details. Obviously, it wasn't there, but um, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what that goes. But with the safeties, I do want them to draft somebody this year. I don't necessarily know that I want to spend money in the free agent market on like a Kyle Duggar um, or there was one that you mentioned sure. last week, uh, Eddie Jackson. Eddie. Yeah, as far as Eddie Jackson goes, I know you want to talk about that, so I want to hear from you what what your thoughts on are with him. I just I just think that if we're gonna spend 
money on safety. I mean, he's somebody who's been an all pro, a pro and a pro bowler. Um, safety is a relatively cheaper position to pay for in free agency. So I think that like, he'd be somebody that we might be able to snag. Um, Cause he, like I said, he's got those accolades. Now he's looking for a ring and let's, I mean, we can all for as you know, up and down as this year was Buffalo is a contender, you know, they're, they're ring chasing mm-hmm. every single year. Um, and I would, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing players like Eddie Jackson, you know, maybe not taking the biggest bag that they're offered, you know, from no offense, but let's say Carolina or somebody and go to somebody like Buffalo to where they can have an opportunity to go get that ring. Um, but well, if he pulls, I, if he pulls a DeAndre Hopkins and says, it's not about the money, I want a ring, then we know he's lying and he's going to go sign elsewhere for the money. But <laughs> sorry, I had to jump in there and mention that. What else you got? <laughs> no, no, it was just, I mean, my, my number one hope is like what I just said to Micah Hyde. I think like 3 million Brandon Bean can make that happen like that, you know? So I, I think Micah Hyde's probably going to be the best bang for our buck. Um, you hope he rebounds, and I think you just draft a safety uh, later in the draft, you know, maybe late second, day two, um, early day three, and get a couple guys that can wait in the wings. Maybe, like we keep mentioning, maybe uh, White or Elam are able to transfer. We've seen Hyde transfer from corner to safety. The only issue is, is I mean, White's a little thinner than those guys. I mean, he'd be a great ball hawk, but it'd be hard to get him to come down and play in the box for as poor of a tackler as he is. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. This is, <laughs> you know, everybody always talks about we're not playing Madden here. Um, I was <laughs> going through a franchise a couple of nights ago, and uh, the best tackle rating of all of our current corners, according to Madden, is Benford and over 70, which is actually better than what they have on, on uh, Micah Hyde, I think it was. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Really? And we know that in the past, they've kind of flirted a little bit with moving Benford there early on. I think the injury to Tredavious White kind of changed their maybe their plans. But I wouldn't be surprised if we I see Benford see that. make that move. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't like it. I think he's played <clears throat> too well at corner. I mean, I, I think he can be like the future number one corner. Um, and, you know, one beat of Razul Douglas, if they are the future at corner um, following this year, because Tredavious, it's going to be hard for us to get rid of him. It's another one of those Von Miller, Stefan Diggs contracts. You know, it's not it's not awesome. Um, I think we can save 10 million, but there's still dead cap that we would have to deal with. So I, on um, on white. On, yeah. Am I wrong uh, about the dead I mean, cap or we actually because I. I've got a spot tracker right here in front of me, actually. After June or something. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year, at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. But I I just think that Benford's played too well. um, And not that he's cemented into the position, but I I think that he, he just, he proved he's, Proved his worth, you know. He's shown that he's kind he of earned that spot, and and he ha- he has he's yeah. definitely earned to be a, the starting corner on this team. What so if Elon I, comes I, in I, and plays really really well though? Would that would I, that maybe I, 
I think it's just going to be too hard. I mean, he's going to have to, I mean, blow the doors off of Benford. And we we've saw we saw their rookie year. Benford came out started uh, week one o- over Elam. You know, I mean, yeah. so even even then, before all the injuries, he Benford was better than him. And as a fifth, sixth round pick out of D one A Villanova, so I I I think it's going to be really hard. I mean, if he does, I mean, hey, now we have a corner problem because we almost have too many good corners. You know, it, it, like it's we but you can't kinda, use them all. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm leaning, like you just said. I mean, Trey White comes back. He'll probably be back around first month of the season or so because I believe that's kind of when he got I'd say, hurt. I'd say October. He'll probably be back. Probably something yeah, like so, Von Miller. Right. So if he comes back and if he plays well, I thought of what ifs, right? Like That's the problem yeah, with their corner oh yeah. position right now. Mm-hmm. If they all come back and they all play well, then what are you going to do? You know, these guys aren't going to want to sit on the bench. Trade somebody. Um, yeah, but I don't think you want to do that Ooh. as a team because if you look at that, yeah, Russell Douglas is 29. I think he turns 30 before the season starts. Yeah, so he's right. he's moving into his 30s. I don't know if we yeah. want to extend him much beyond 2024, maybe a year or two. I could see a two-year um, extension coming this offseason. Yeah. You know, make it a, make a three-year deal, spread out the cap. Yeah, so it'll be it'll definitely be interesting. I personally think that if there's anybody that gets moved to safety, it would be Benford because I think he – just skill wise fits the best. Um, Agreed. But yeah, it's going to depend largely on, uh, well, Dane Jackson, he's a free agent too. If he doesn't come back, uh, I don't know, Levi Wallace 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He Dane gains Jackson's my respect more. He gains my respect more and more every year. Like, cause he, <laughs> like he does like he, cause on one hand, all of a sudden he'll make a great play. The next hand I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Like it's just one of those like it's kind of like Gabe Davis to me like I it, it's too wishy washy I I'm a person more so on consistency like I don't know if it's an OCD thing like I got to be on time to everything like like it's just I want I just want consistency either be really either be good all the time like average good all the time not pretty good and then not very awesome like I I meet me in the <laughs> just be good like and I'm fine with that. Average is see, fine as long as it's consistent, even. Yeah, and like, that's, it's, that's like, where I'm at with um, AJ Epinesa. Like, one week he's awesome. Yeah. The next two weeks, is he on the field? Like, is he is he playing? <laughs> um, and it seems like, honestly, it seems like we have quite a few guys on this defense like that. Well, on offense too. When you mentioned Gabe Davis, um, you know, you look at uh, you mentioned them with Dane Jackson. You look at Epinesa. Even Ed Oliver had a fantastic year, but there was a couple games where he disappeared. I don't expect these guys to be all pro every single week, but in the playoffs, and you're playing the Chiefs, you gotta step up. You somebody on that defense needed to step up, and no one did. Not a single soul. And that seems kind of like the trend over the last four years with this defense. It's and. Uh, when you look at it, what's the what's the common denominator? Well, you could say the head coach, obviously, and I know there's gonna be people like, oh, I got to get rid of McDermott. He's the problem, and I whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, I work I work with somebody who's a McDermott despiser. I mean, anytime yeah, I bring up there's a bunch. Anytime I bring up his name, it's bleep bleep that coach, bleep 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 that. I hate I, he's a bleeping bleep bleep. I'm Is like, he a Bills fan or no? Oh, he loves it like yeah, die right. hard. Yeah, die hard. And, I, I, and I'm like, so finally one time, I'm sorry, I know we're going off tangent here, but I always, finally always had, I, I broke down and I was like, I, I was like, I want to hear like what your reasoning is that like that you don't like. Him. And he says, and his, like, he said that he doesn't see McDermott really, he hasn't gotten better as a coach in his opinion. He says that he hasn't really learned from his mistakes. You know, we know his record with challenges. We like, we know how, atrocious that is his sometimes like his time management skills especially late in games hasn't always been the best and i i see growth i like since his like his first year here with the bills i mean there was i mean there were times when i was when i was ripping my hair out as a fan like i'm sure many other people were being like how do you not call a timeout or why did you call a timeout why did Mm. you throw that challenge it wasn't worth it or clearly wasn't going to happen what did you see? Like, who told you what? Um, 
but he he just he just doesn't see it like and I get it you know at this point after seven years it, getting the AC championship game with the playoffs six out of seven years it's one of those things to where like it feels some people feel like they're beating a dead horse like just going running it back with McDermott but I I, I want him at the helm you know right now I'll say <laughs> me, me too I, I I think we've all made our Feelings on that pretty clear. Uh, the other, to me, common denominator is the players. This The defense has been pretty much the same group of people for the most part. Added a couple people here and there. Von Miller, of course, which, you know, that's a whole other story. But And this is one reason why I want to see an infusion of youth. Like, let's uh, bring uh, – we've got, what, 10 draft picks, I think? And I know people, they laugh at me when I say this, but <laughs> Bean needs to keep all 10 of those picks. I understand why people think that's funny. <laughs> I get it. But it's I really funny because think... we all know it's not going to happen. <laughs> I know, I know. But I wanted to keep all 10 and draft all 10. I would say I'll go six on defensive side at, at a minimum. Bring in six defensive players, new guys. Be prepared to lean on those defensive guys especially right now. I think this is the year, 2024, where you almost have to do that. And here's one reason for that. We're 50-plus million over the salary cap. Uh, there's a lot of talk about restructuring Diggs and Miller's contracts to help get us down. Yes, that would help get us down right now, but what people don't think about is the fact that that money still has to get paid. You're just moving it, just it from gets- this year to the next two years, and next year we're in the same boat. Yeah, it starts piling up. Just, yeah, and just to, take your medicine to be, now. To be honest, like if we can get through this year and not mm-hmm. put, you know, not kick everything down the road, we're not in a bad shape, like cap wise. I I was looking um, last week on Spot Track, and I noticed like we were like the next two years we're already we're projected to be over the cap by something like thirty million. And that's before clearing anything up. So I I think, yeah, like you're saying, we just need to eat our lumps this year and deal with it. You know, get through get through it, do what we need to do. Like you said, draft young and just net and next year we can be buyers again at free agency. We you know, not not get Saquon Barkley and Von Miller and DeAndre Hopkins, but you know, we might be able to sign one of those guys and then fill out the rest. Uh, with uh, the mid-tier players, but that we just need to take our lumps this year. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Ryan. No, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're spot on. Exactly. What, what do you think, Mike? Uh, I, I mean, he, it, it's hard to follow that up. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he nailed it. I, I can't add much to that, honestly. Uh, Matthew in the comments wants to know if we've discussed draft prospects yet. I, I assume you mean like all of them. I'm not sure if you're re- referring to a specific position. Um, but there are a few uh, safeties uh, that I would not, you know, be mad about. There's one. In fact, if you're looking at PFF's draft board, they're, they're uh, what are you going to call it? They're top picks or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tyler Maven from Minnesota, he is their he's number 32 overall and he's their their top uh safety in this group. I don't have a whole lot of the details on him as far as, you know, the the 40 and all of that kind of thing, but he's a 6 foot 2, 210 pounds safety. I do like the size. That's uh, a big boy. I just yeah, I just don't know if I like that a safety as the first pick given the situation though. He could be the best value at that at that spot. Yeah, but we also saw last year with Brian Branch. I mean, was clearly hands down like the best safety mm-hmm. um, prospect, and he fell to what like the third round. You know, there I, there might have been one or two safeties taken before him, um, and he was I think he was like the Lions' third leading tackler tackler this year. Um, Behind, uh, yeah, he had a good uh, year. Jack, Jack Campbell, uh, Mike's uh, pro- prospect love last year is man crushed. <laughs> um, so I, I think that I think safety is somebody that you know, seeing how the board the board starts falling, like we might be able to wait and you know, trade back up late into the second round or trade up in the third round and be able and be able to grab him or somebody like a Cam Kitchens. Um, 
and not have to rely on him to play next year if if we can get Hyde back. You know where Pro Football Focus ranks Cameron Kitchens? Probably like seventy eighth. Pretty close, eightieth, eightieth overall. Oh. He's he's six foot two hundred five. Another big guy. They have a one, two, three, four, five, fifth, fifth high or fifth best safety in in the bunch. Um, there's Jaden Hicks, who's the fifty sixth ranked, according to Pro Football Focus's draft board. He's six foot three, two twelve. I do like the size, and I do hope that that's what they like. Nothing against Demar Hamlin. When I see him on the field, though, he looks small to me. And maybe he's not. I actually haven't looked up his his sizes or anything like that, but. Uh, he plays a lot bigger than he looks to me. And uh, and while that's commendable, I want a defense with some size. Like even, well, it's kind of transitioned into defensive tackles a little bit because I know we want to talk about that too. Even with Ed Oliver, I love his play. I like watching him play. He, he was really, really good last year. I personally am not a big fan of the undersized defensive tackles because I remember back in the early – or late 90s and early 2000s when we had guys like uh, Sam Adams and big Ted Washington, like 700 pounds worth of man meat in the middle of that defensive line, and they could not be moved. And Buffalo had one of the best run defenses, one of the best overall defenses in the league. In fact, 1999, when they lost to the freaking Titans in the Music City Miracle, baloney, um, we, had the number, <laughs> we had the number one defense in football. I like those big dudes in the middle because they just like two guys that big. Yeah, you have to double team them, and now you know what are you going to do with you know we got Von Miller, Leonard the, Floyd, or AJ Epinesa. It's just the, the physics or the science behind it. It's like they take up more space on the field. The gaps are yeah. tighter. Like it's just. <laughs> well, and if you're, I have, you that's know, what it is. I have one comeback. Okay. Aaron Donald. There's some exceptions, yes. And so but that, there's only one that was, Aaron Donald. <laughs> but that was the comp for yeah. Ed Oliver was not saying that he was going to become Aaron Donald. I mean, because like you just said, there's one Aaron Donald. I mean, the guy has a walking six pack. I mean, like when like it, it's gross <laughs> the kind of shape he is in. You know, Ed Oliver. I mean, he he's built like a like a he's built how a defensive lineman is supposed to. He's just a little short. Um, see, this is why we don't have nice things. <laughs> it's okay, it's just a so, keyboard. <laughs> like, so I get what you're saying. Like, I and I think that's why they brought in Daquan Jones. You know, la- the last couple of years because he he's a big. I mean, he's a big boy. He's a true one tech. Um, yeah. So I I think I think getting just somebody opposite out of Oliver, like you said, like just somebody big. And could move. I mean, I, I was begging for Jordan Davis in the draft a couple of years ago mm-hmm. for that exact reason to pair him next to Ed Oliver. You got, I mean, imagine how small Ed Oliver would look next to that gigantic monster. Seeing those two walk out on the field and be like, they play the same position. Are you, are you, yeah. are you kidding? Like, yeah. who, 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 <laughs> who do we double? One of them's get, one of them's going to go over us and the other one's going to go around us. So what do we do? Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Is there any, um, well, let me just throw out this thought really quick before I forget it because I'm old and I forget stuff. Um, Don't get me started. To me, <laughs> to me, those big 320, 330, 40, whatever pound guys, they rarely have a bad game because they're still going to be big. <laughs> and so for the, the defensive line, or uh, sorry, offensive linemen to get out there and try to move them around, it's still going to be difficult. It's still going to be a, a battle, even if that, 350 pound DT is having a bad day. He's still got to move his weight. And it's, so it's, it's harder to have a bad day. And I go back to Ed Oliver and I, I, I 
hate to, to beat on him, but the Chiefs, they completely manhandled him. The Bengals the year before that completely manhandled him to the point where he just, it was like he wasn't even playing. And I'm, I'm kind of over that at this point, and not just from him. Like I said, there's been, you know, there's multiple guys on this team that seems to be an, a problem. But from the list of free agent guys, there's a few there that uh, I do like, but um, there's not a lot of younger defensive tackles. Most of them are older. What do you? Is there anybody out there that you guys like? Go ahead, Mike. I is for D tackle position. I I want to say, well, like obviously you, you pointed out that most of them are older, uh, the free agents. So I was, when we talk about moving up in the draft, I think that that might be worth it because the the safeties might be more available later in the draft. I think there's more mm-hmm. more defensive interior guys that are going to go earlier. So if we're going to move up, um, I think we should go that route. I I don't I don't we. We tried the the free agency thing, um, sort of with with Puna, and, and it didn't really amount to anything. Um, so maybe some newer, younger talent there. Yeah, Puna uh, Ford, rather rather Tim than Settle. the free agent pool. Granted, but I Tim also not, he's not that old. But <laughs> while while I'm talking about uh, the draft, and we we were just talking about safeties, I just want to throw out another name. Uh, Kalen Bullock from US USC is uh, ranked at 45 on PFF right now. So that's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, to luck out for us says he has a rare range in coverage elite athleticism and uh makes him a turnover machine in the past two seasons so <laughs> when you hear stuff like that that, get, that gets you a little excited so and, and yeah, he's, he's later than the other ones so if you're if you're going to go high uh for a tackle i think you could you could wait in the draft and and probably get a decent safety this year yeah i i just kind of go back to what casey has said a couple of times now <clears throat> If you want to get an elite defensive lineman, you got to get him early. Yeah. And um, there is one defensive lineman that I'm going to bring up because Matthew here kind of already addressed it. I think we – not that one, sorry. Um, <laughs> this one, I think we trade up in the 50 range to pick up to Fondre Sweat. Uh, I didn't know a whole heck of a lot about him until today. I'm starting to, to write a piece on him. And this guy is – a mammoth, six foot four, three hundred and sixty-two pounds. Give me that all day long. <laughs> no, we all all, we all know in the, in the pros he's going to drop down to about three forty. Be- because still, uh, give me that. But, yeah, I'm sorry, but three forty. Oh, what a shame! That's the big because he's big also I mean, he's also young. I mean, he's still got a little bit of that baby fat on him. So yeah. I mean, don't don't we all? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's baby, not beer, right? Um, yep. No, not at all. The NFL, like, well, I mean, they'll whip, they whip guys into shape. And we saw what um, McDermott did with Epinesa. His first year, he came in at two eighty, and he made him drop twenty pounds. And was he really two eighty? He was right around wow. there, and maybe it was two eighty, yeah. two sixty, and two sixty to two forty. I can't remember, but and then. You saw it like he wasn't he wasn't playing well at all his rookie year and like he and he just didn't look comfortable and he kind of wasn't sure how to use his body at that point because he had never usually played it that way you know he it's a whole different play style he's got he got a little faster a little quicker um, so they made him put on some poundage again and the net and we saw we've seen what he's done the last three years he's done nothing but get better and make more of an impact on this team. So I Every think it's just weeks, one yeah. of the yeah here pop around we're gonna fight don't hate on my man AJ and uh, I I could see that I could see them doing that with uh, Tavondre Sweat because he won't I I feel like Daquan is gonna be coming Daquan Jones is gonna be coming back I re- I really I do, do I just have that gut I have that gut feeling to where he'll be back probably sign a two year deal. Um, with next year, with the second year, probably being a little bit of a void year or incentive laden year. Um, and that way we, they can work with Tavondre Sweat, you know, make him uh, tackle three or four and get him, you know, 10, 15 reps a game, get him used to the NFL, used to, used to his new playing style, his new body style, mm-hmm. um, and let him learn behind Daquan and Ed, who were solidified as two very good tackles in this league. 
Yeah, I, I kind of laid it out um, in that article that I'm writing up, or just, well, it'll go live tomorrow, but anyways, the direction for me that I want to see at the defensive tackle position, obviously Oliver's under contract, let's re-sign uh, Daquan Jones. Even though, yeah, we keep talking about getting younger, I think he still has a year or two of elite play left in him. And then let's go out there and let's sign a large man uh, free agent. Not one of these bigger ones because guys like uh, DJ Reader, who would be fantastic, I believe he's in the 320s, Great, great talent. I think he'd be awesome. Um, however, his market value, according to uh, Spot Track, is set at fourteen point nine million, or estimated at fourteen point nine million. So I don't, yeah, I don't oh. see that one happening. But there were <clears throat> I lost There's guys like there were. Go ahead. Guys like Shelby Harris are out there. You know, uh, all these guys that are starting to hit age 31, 32. They've uh, Sheldon Rankins is out there. Um, like it, it's he's just kind of, he's on the smaller side though is so but he's still just one of the and there's also again like we said not many defensive tackles out there in free agency this year you know that are even no offense but too worth mentioning um that would make too high of an impact you know my opinion i'm kind of down for bringing back linval joseph you know i i think mcdermott saw that we needed some meat in the middle of the defense last year brought him and brought him in and he in my opinion, he played well. He did exactly what the team needed, needed him to do. He ate up space. He made some some key plays uh, here and there when we needed it. And i I think he's I think he'd be perfect for like a uh, fourth like a fourth tackle, a defensive tackle on the team. Mix him in with another, like we said, somebody like a Devondre Sweat. And then we have Puna as defensive tackle five, who can be, you know, he's our inactive our, on on game days, just like this year. Well, I, I've, I'm against Joseph to the simple fact that he's like 95 years old. Um, so not real keen on him. I do like Puna Ford coming back, who is also a free agent. We've talked about this multiple times. They've got, I think, eight, 21, def- or, sorry, 21 pending free agents. 14 of those are on defense, and eight of those are on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, the defensive tackle position at Oliver is the only one that's there. So I, I, I'm okay with bringing Puna Ford back because he signed on late in the season, not late in the season, but late in the off season. He was a late addition. I do want to see how he can do with this team. He's one of the younger ones and with a full off season with a new defensive line coach and, and see where that can go. I, I like Puna Ford for the depth. The other thing I would do is of course, draft a defensive tackle. Um, where that ends up being, I I don't know. I feel like this year more than maybe the last couple of years, the Bills have a few more questions uh, as some positions than they've had in the past that they need to answer. So I think it's going to be hard for as fans to get <laughs> for the Bills to draft all the guys that we want. I don't know. But what, what, about you, what like, do you uh, think? What about somebody like an Eli Anku coming back? And we saw when you know, he was elevated – um, the last few years, he'd come in because we had so many injuries at defensive tackle. I didn't think he played poorly. I mean, I I don't think – do I think, you know, he's a solidified, bona fide starter in this league? No, but I wouldn't mind him, you know, as our fourth defensive tackle. He'd be he'd be also very cheap to get. He'd be really cheap because, he, I mean, it, he's been mostly a practice squad guy, though. And, and I, I think to some extent we're going to have to accept it there's not going to be probably a lot of depth at certain positions uh, on this team this year because of the salary cap situation. Uh, <clears throat> however, if you if you follow our Facebook page, at the Mafia Cast, just a shameless quick plug for that, please go over there and follow that. We're trying to hit 500 by the start of the season. We'd love to get to 1,000 by the end of the year. But if you follow that now, you saw an article that I put up the other day. That there's actually talk of the – Salary cap being about close to eight million higher than what they initially anticipated. So around, I think it was two hundred fifty million. Which right now they're projecting two forty two. That eight million, though it doesn't sound like a lot, I think could be huge. I think that eight million makes a difference. Exactly. I think that would be the difference between bringing back a Daquan Jones and a Taylor Rapp versus one or neither. Uh, Yeah, that's. I don't know. Is like I said with uh, 
Uh, who was the other name you just mentioned? <laughs> Anku? Uh, Joseph. Anku. No. Anku. Well, first of all, with Joseph, I think, uh, you know, all kidding aside, I think he's 35 or will be 35. Uh, as far as Anku, to me, he's just kind of been a, a career practice squad guy. I don't see him making an impact. Uh, I don't know that we've really seen enough that if he had to step in, if we could really, as a fan, look at it's like, oh, well, we're good. We're okay. It's him. <laughs> because there's such a drop off yeah. from Jones to everybody else. I personally, that makes me nervous. But I mean, we're going to feel that way with a rookie. What, what do you got, Mike? I don't know. I, I know you and uh, Aaron kind of more talked about it last week. Uh, that like moving moving back in the draft might almost be your your best chance. Kind of the the quantity. I, I don't want to say quantity over quality, but you. He, the way he put it is you have more lottery tickets and and where we might be at a time now where I think we, we are all kind of getting into it uh, that we're we got to fill this team with younger talent now and maybe maybe that's the move maybe we don't move up and and you know get it De- DeAndre uh, Devondre sweat so we just you know, we, we go for depth, you know, we get as many as we can. And, 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 you know, there's third, fourth round players that end up being great in the NFL. Uh, so the more lottery tickets you have, the better chances are that you're going to hit and, and get somebody. Which is why I don't want to give up. Any of it will cost picks. a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matthew here brings up a good point in the comments. Tim Settle being a letdown really set back this defensive tackle room. I'll be the first to admit I was really, really high on Settle when they first assigned him. Casey, you too. Um, And, yeah, he's kind of been a letdown. I mean, he's been an okay rotational piece, but I expected a lot more out of him. I mean, he came over from Washington the year after my wife and I met, and that's who her team is. She loves Washington. And why, I have no idea, but she does. It's a um, it is a family thing. Her, it's her dad's team. Um, well, and I, I so I, I got to see oh, it. Wow. You know, I got to see him play. You know, but he was when well, he was playing for them. But he was playing behind Duran Payne, Duran Payne, and Jonathan Allen. And you're just, I mean, you got to be world class to get in front of those guys. I mean, those are two bona fide studs in this league. But when he did play, like I, I was very intrigued. Like he, he. It's not like he was getting in the backfield making a sack or attack for loss every other play, but I thought he held his own. I thought he played well. And so when he came over to the Bills, I was like, that's exactly what we need. We just need somebody mm-hmm. to, be able to come in off the bench and just hold it down for a couple of plays, give these guys a breather. You know, maybe every like every third game he gets a sack. He makes one impact play. Cool. That's what you're looking for from depth rotation players. And I thought we were going to get that. And I, he, like Matt said, he has been probably my biggest letdown um, the last few years. Like, just personally, I had very high hopes for him. What do you think about uh, Marcus West, the new defensive line coach, versus uh, Eric Washington? Because, I, like I mentioned, well, I've said it a few times now, is the defense just kind of let us down in the playoffs. And part of that equation has been Eric Washington the last handful of years. Do you think that maybe Marcus West makes a difference with guys like uh, Puna Ford or uh, Tim Settle? I'll let Mike take this one. I I feel like it's it's sort of I mean I I can't get into too too much details about the the coaches uh, specifically, but I so I feel like it's more yeah, we're kind of just throwing mud at the wall and, and seeing what sticks, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, I mean. The the coaching, we have seen coaches coaching changes work work somewhat well uh, for us recently. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean we're just <laughs> we're just going for it. <laughs> I think uh, I mean you always see you know when teams perform poorly, coaches are the first one to go. You know they're the first yeah, ones blamed because yeah. they're the easiest ones. You know, they, there's there's no cap you got to deal with. You know there's no what this or that this or that. So I right. think. That I I think McDermott was he didn't push these guys out the door. I don't think he was necessarily going to fire them, but I think he was putting he he lit the flame to get their seat kind of warm. 
for this upcoming year. And I think it's just one of those we're waiting to see, like we're he's we're trying to scratch out every variable and figure out all right, what is the problem? And we McDermott's now got a new OC, he's got a new DC, he's got a new safeties coach or defensive backs coach, he's got a new uh linebacker coach and a new defensive line coach. If this team performs the same, like in the playoffs as they did, like defensively, I should say, as they had the last couple of years, you know, and not be able to get to Mahomes at all, not be able to you know, cause turnovers, then yeah, I, then that's where everybody's gonna be like, all right, there's only one variable left, you know, and that that would be McDermott. So I think you know he like he's doing his due diligence and just seeing what truly is the issue. Was it the coaching, or do we now need to shake up the entire defensive roster? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The one, other variable, the one other variable that I'll throw in there, though, is the injuries. I think the last two years, that's been the issue, uh, more so than anything. Uh, and I know there's a lot of fans that are pretty upset with Von Miller and his lack of production and, you know, blaming Bean for that horrendous contract but let's be honest here. If Miller goes out there and finishes last season and he, you know, makes a big play against Joe Burrow for a strip sack and he finishes a year with 15 sacks and comes back and does it again this year, nobody's complaining about anything. They're like, oh, the best right. deal of Bean's ever done. He's just playing, right. you know, big baller Bean. He's the man. You can't, the injuries just completely change everything. And that, and I think as fans, that's one thing that's, that's so frustrating. You can't that, predict it. Yeah, that's you the one blame, thing in the last two years. It's killing us. Yeah. You can't blame, like, Bean. Every team offered Von Miller that sized contract. Every single team, the Broncos, the Rams, the Bills, we we all did it. Like you guys just said, it's injuries. I mean, it, it happens. You can't blame a team. You can't be, be scared of that. You know, that can't be something that sways, like, sways you. Now, if it – player is you know if it's somebody like a sammy watkins then yeah you know maybe let's not sign him to a five-year 160 million dollar deal but somebody like von miller who's only had who only had before um he blew out his knee he only had two serious injuries and what the 10 years that he had played in the nfl I'll, i'll take that you know for as explosive and as hard of a position as he's playing you know and putting all that pressure on his knee and his ankle like that, like I'll, I'll take those odds. And at that point in time, I mean, yeah, that was a very fitting contract for somebody who just came off of winning a Super Bowl and having an amazing yeah. year with the Rams. We're going to, we're going to take a quick tangent because you mentioned his name, Sammy Watkins. Uh, and it's funny oh, that you God. mentioned the name because um, Fernando, uh, our fellow Buffalo Rumblings uh, podcast host, check him out. He does some great work. He, he posted up earlier today, uh, well, somebody actually asked the question, name a trade or free agent signing that you loved the day it happened but hated later on. Fernando, of course, brought up Von Miller, which which you know kind of sparked why I wanted to bring it up. But then you brought up Sammy Watkins, which is funny because that was mine. And I said the Sammy Watkins deal, he was said by so many analysts at the time to be the next Jerry Rice. Uh, took the Bills years to recover from him. And of course, you know, and then Fernando came back, and uh, he's he's a, a Sammy Watkins fan apparently, and uh, he said, "I won't accept uh, Sammy Watkins slander on my timeline." All jokes <laughs> aside, uh, he goes back to injuries. It is Sammy though. Watkins, and that being the reason for it. And, but what I remember is just one team every single year. He was a different team, a different team, a different team. I, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because I haven't looked it up, but. Were there really that many injuries in early in his career that set him back that much to turn him into basically a journeyman wide receiver? It wasn't 
it was just the, Bills the same. It was. It, it was the same injury over and over again. It was his foot, and yeah. he he admitted that like when he played for the Bills, he came back too soon. He pushed it and he came back too soon, and it never and it wasn't healing right. And I think the Bills like they they traded him because they were like right, we we have to cop bait like we have to get something for him while we still can, you know. And throughout his career, yeah, like it, when he played for the Rams, he played for the Chiefs, the Packers, like all of them. Like he was there were always they injured. Ended up with the Ravens and, at one point too, yeah, and, yeah, and the Ravens. And I think at that point they were just like, yeah, no, you're definitely just not that good anymore. <laughs> um, That's crazy, man. I never thought how many teams he was on. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it, was, it was a lot, and it was because the, uh, he couldn't stay healthy. So, Fernando, if, you come on here receivers. And, if he, Fernando wants to come on the show and debate about this, we can, because if he, it, that there's a difference between Von Miller getting injured, what, like, for the third time in his 12, let's just call it 12 years, because I don't know how long he's been in the league exactly, that over Sammy Watkins, who over his first six years – or eight years had what six injuries, seven injuries. You know, if, if you count the same injury over and over again, cause he was too impatient to let it heal properly. Yeah. Um, but again, do you attribute that to the player or do you got to put some of that slack on teams to where you have to sometimes protect the player from themselves? I think a lot of that goes back on the, on the team because we know McDermott and company, they are very conservative with returning players uh, off of injury. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're getting short on time, but there's one other thing here that kind of getting back on track a little bit that Matthew brought up another player, defensive tackle, uh, um, uh, McKinley Jackson. Yeah, he's another big guy, 6'2", 325, and he is definitely somebody that you can, you can get later on in the, in the uh, draft as well. But again, I kind of go back to what you said. If you want to get an elite defensive lineman, you got to get him early. Um, but that's usually but more so the case for. And that's usually more so the case for an edge. If you want a bona fide edge like that, you know is going to be good. They're going to be a top five pick in the draft. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker. You know, a, a couple of years ago, like those two guys. You know, they all said Trayvon Walker isn't. And he is not a number two pick worthy right now, but watch him grow. And yeah, this past year he's played phenomenal. You know, he took yeah. a huge step from his rookie year. And then you look at the Bosa brothers, you know, you look at Von Miller, you look at Miles Garrett, all these guys, they, they went top five. And it's because people like, you know, what you're going to get out of those guys. You know, yeah. we, the bills been taking end of the first, you know, second round guys, since we drafted Shaq Lawson at, I think, like pick 16, 800 years ago, that, I mean, that's the highest <laughs> we, we've picked a defensive lineman. So it, it's just we've been doing we've been doing a lot of projects with guys, and I think we're all, Bill's Mafia as a whole, starting to want somebody who's more bona fide and solidified, more of a sure thing than somebody who could be amazing. We want somebody who's just going to be pretty damn good, like consistent, consistently. Yeah, but, uh, you know, to Brandon Bean's point, if you want to get somebody like that, he doesn't want to be bad he enough doesn't to get, do it. Yeah, he doesn't want to be bad enough to get Jamar Chase. Yeah, so that was um, let's uh, move in really quick to, to the next thing here, the running back room. Uh, I believe this one is similar to actually the defensive tackles. we got one guy under contract. Uh, who's the Hines. second one? Hines, Hines. that's right. Uh, yeah, he's um, on a contract year, so 2024 is his final year. And with him, I do remember Brandon Bean and one of the post-game or the post-season um, or after-season press conferences, whatever you want to call it. He did comment that Hines is part of their 2024 plans, but if they let him go, it's a $5 million savings, and the hit is like a million. It's not, it's not anything. I don't know that he survives – the the salary cap casualty situation but i is he gonna be one of those guys that beans like hey we're gonna cut you i'll meet you in the parking lot in five freaking minutes don't drive away because we, <laughs> we saw that we you know we see him do it with reed ferguson every single year yeah, he's like hey we're gonna cut you you know and reed's like all right i'll be i'll be grilling like let me know grills <laughs> um 
And like, cause, cause he, you know, like, it's just one of those things, you know, that's how GMs can work their magic. You know, they can cut guys and they know that they're going to be on the team or they're at least going to be competing for a spot in the team. And so, Hey, we're going to cut you now. We got to save our space and then we'll sign you to an incentive deal where you should make that same exact money that you would have made this year. Um, just it won't count against our cap. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. What about the other guys? Uh, Ty Johnson, uh, Latavius Murray, uh, and Damian Harris. Any of those guys you want back? Those are all contracts that are all up. Yeah. Yeah, those right. are all pending free agents. Ty Johnson Mike, looked really good. Don't be a homer. Okay. Okay. Don't be a homer. <laughs> we do you don't love want to bring Latavius, back the oldest running back but, in the league. <laughs> yeah, but Ty Johnson looked yeah. really good. He did. He did it. He had a, he had some really good moments. Um, like I said, we love Latavius, but. Uh, there was a couple of questionable things this year. Uh, I think the age caught up to him this, at the end I, of the year. Yeah, well, I, I mean, think it's more so. It's just, a long yeah, time to be in the age league. caught up to him. He's he yeah. The average running back lifespan in the NFL is three years. So for him to be in the league for this long, you know, into his thirties, that, that's that. Yeah, that's Frank Gore. Like, yeah. I mean, he does he have the same stats as Frank Gore? No, but like like the longevity is like Ronnie said, impressive. Yeah. Um, right. I, he just <laughs> you know, he's just not a not need, a very good catcher, and right? We need he, more he's a, a great receiving type backs, right? But do we? I I don't. Well, okay. First of all, I'm not a big fan of the the uh, specialized running back, and we've talked about that before. I want same. a guy that can do it all, right? Yeah. Offers more versatility that way. You can you can do more with your offense with him. Um, it, I was I was kind of chuckling a while ago because you mentioned Frank Gore. And and I kind of wonder if like if you're reading my mind or if you're re- reading my my articles because I mentioned Frank Gore as a possible draft pick for the Bills late in the draft. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is Frank Gore Jr., whose dad just retired a season ago, so that's kind of odd. Um, but I watched him at I believe it was the East East West Shrine game that he played in, and he was fantastic. I think he had like 80 yards on six carries, uh, a touchdown. Hmm three or four receptions like he looked good uh, i would not be opposed to the bills going that route keep Hines, keep cook draft gore and let's roll with those three i don't need the big power back if the offensive line just blocks you don't need a power guy right just open up the hole the guy can go through it you see what cook if you're can worried do. yeah i mean uh, everybody said he Harris, can't run between the tackles we got two good tackles and look he's yeah. able to do it yeah uh, Damon Harris just gets hurt all the time. I don't. Um, I was excited to see what he could do with this team last year because I think he gets a good back. But you know it's pointless if he's on the bench or the whole, or in the in the the medical room the whole time. <clears throat> and then uh, who was the other one? Who who are we missing here? Ty Johnson. Johnson Ty Johnson. The Bills carried four running backs this year, right? Not counting the fullback. No, we only carried three. No, they Ty didn't. Johnson, the, yeah, because Ty Johnson, Harris Latavius, was IR. Cook, yeah. IR. I, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if there's room for Ty Johnson if they keep Hines and obviously Cook and then they draft somebody. They could keep Hines, Cook, and re-sign Johnson. But then, to me, that, I don't right. see Johnson re-signing if he is the number three guy. Yeah. Yeah, but he had his chance. Like he had his chances last year, and he started on our practice squad for a long time. Uh, well, I'd say a long time. We started the year with just Latavius and Cook for a while. You know, first few games, yeah. And and then Johnson wasn't even supposed to like be here. Like, and then next, you know, we signed him to our practice squad, and he just lucking out due to injury, got the chances and played well, well enough. You know. I, I don't think – I think he would stay here because he, he was used even being the third running back this year. You know, if we you know if we offer him, you know, not a vet minimum deal, but, a, you know, a, a low offer a low offer deal and we can just maintain the running back room because he's young. I think that he and Cook could definitely be like the future, like one-two punch for us um, follow, like following this year. 
even with Hines. You know, we just let the Hines we let the Hines contract expire after this year, and then it's Johnson and Cook, and then we you know then we bring in a rookie next year. Yeah, I can certainly see it that way. Really quick, uh, we're towards the end of the show. Please hit the smash and uh, sorry, smash the like button and subscribe. Uh, check us out over on the Facebook page at the Mafia Cast. You can also find us on Instagram. Same thing at the Mafia Cast. Uh, and before we go, Mike, what do we got going on as far as the giveaway? I know I finally got the graphics, so I just want to throw <laughs> this up here <laughs> so everyone can see. It's a Josh Allen rookie card provided by John at Game On Sports. Um, he's hooking everyone up. We're having a, everyone's got a shot to, to win this thing. We got a week going on with this, uh, contest. So what you have to do is get on Facebook, like, and follow both pages, game on sports and the mafia cast, uh, find the original post tag three friends in the comments. L make sure you like the post and then you're entered to win next week's show. 7 PM on Thursday, we will have John on the show and we will elect the winner. Um, and that'll be announced in, Good luck to everyone. Uh, check out the page for that and more. Uh, we're going to see John this weekend at the Batavia uh, Sports Expo, so he'll have a booth set up there. Um, players signing autographs, all that all that cool, fun stuff. So uh, come on, check that out. Uh, check out our Facebook page again, Game On Sports 2 as well, um, in the Mafia cast. Check out the contest, enter to win, and good luck. So that's what's going on with that. And, and I wish I could win it, man. I know. If you are a regular listener of our vidcast, please tell your friends who are not watching to either watch or check out the podcast version, which mm. usually drops tonight. I get it uploaded later tonight, but uh, yeah, spread the word, people. We need, we want, we want more people. We want to build this family, this community of the Mafia Cast. That's right. Bill's Mafia. Casey, do you have anything else you want to add? Nope. All right, we're gonna tell get on out of here. We. We'll see you all next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Tell your friends.